Hey friends, I'm Brad Livingston, lead pastor here at Transformation Church. I want to personally welcome you to our podcast. At TC, we exist to see people transformed from who they are to who God wants them to be. So no matter where you are on your faith journey, I hope today's message inspires you to take one step closer to Christ. We welcome you today. I'm Pastor Dan. I'm the founding pastor here at Transformation Church. We started this church with 13 of us in our living room. And uh, look what God is doing. Isn't it pretty awesome to see what God is doing? And, and uh, we shout out to Pastor Brad. And if you're a new person here today, maybe a guest, uh, uh, Pastor Brad, my son, and his wife Ashley, and an amazing team of pastors and staff, and we give them a shout out. But hey, we're in a series that Pastor Brad has been bringing uh, to kick off 2020 called Dream Again. How many is ready to dream again? I mean, just really not, not a New Year's resolution that you know you're going to flunk over half of it already, but a dream really knowing that I'm expecting something very powerful to happen in my life, something new this year. And Pastor Brad, the messages have been life-changing. It's nothing like sitting on the front row and cheering your son as he delivers a word. And last Sunday, man, I, it looked like I was texting everybody through the whole service, but he threw out so many nuggets last Sunday, and I'm trying to get them all, and I'm putting them on social media when we get home. But one of them that I love that he said, he said, you need to stop allowing unspiritual people to proofread your dream. Come on, somebody. You need to stop allowing people that are not connected to what God is saying, telling you what He's trying to say to you in your dream. And I want to conclude this series called Dream Again today. And we're going to go into Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21. And it says, the tongue, say tongue. The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who will love it will eat its fruit. With all the great messages that we've heard from Pastor Brad gearing us up and and getting us to understand what it's like to dream again, I want to conclude today that what we say, when and how we say it, and when we don't say and what we don't say, all of these things have a direct effect. What we say, when we say it, and what we don't say has a direct effect on whether our dream and the promises of God are fulfilled in our life or if they're killed and destroyed. The power of our words over our own dream. Apostle Paul in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 put it like this, a familiar scripture. Now faith, say faith, faith is the substance of things hoped for with the evidence of things not yet seen. What is faith? Faith is your hope list. What are you hoping for in 2020? What is it that you're really believing God for in this year? Because the Bible says that whatever I'm hoping for, that is the substance of my faith. It's what I'm believing through. It's what's motivating me to pray and to really believe. What do you believe in God? Is it your marriage, your finances, your health? Is it a breakthrough, a job? Is it a business that God's inspiring you to start? What, what is it that you're hoping for this year? And the substance of that is your faith. When we look at Joseph, we see Joseph, God gave him a dream. As a young teenage boy, he was given this dream that one day his brothers were going to come to him and they were going to bow down. And that he was going to now be the one that they would come to and he was going to bless them. And many people criticized Joseph because Joseph went and verbally announced and declared the dream even to his brothers. They didn't take it so well. But he spoke what he knew God had said to him 
He declared things as though they were, even when they were not yet. And some said it was pride and ego that called Joseph to do that. But I want to say, if Joseph had not told his brothers the dream, they never would have been hostile toward him. They never would have thrown him in the pit. He would have never wound up in Potiphar's house. He would have never gone to prison. And then would have never been put in a position of power to be enabled to fulfill the dream by standing before his brothers and blessing them. His declaring the dream before it took place allowed it to engage itself and the process began to take place. But how many found out that when God brings a dream and a promise into your life, it's not all positive? There's some stuff along the journey. Come on, somebody. There's obstacles. There's hurdles that have to be dropped. There's all kind of negativity that you've got to overcome before you get to the fulfillment of that promise. And we see that in Joseph. But it was Joseph's words that declared the dream before it ever took place. I want to show you the opposite of that through a guy named Zechariah. We see his story in Luke chapter 1. It says, And when the time for the burning of incense came, Zechariah was a priest. He's in the tabernacle. He's serving as a priest. He's there at the altar of incense. He's offering incense as a worship to the Lord. As the burning of incense came, all the assembled worshipers were praying outside. Then the angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. Then it goes on. Zechariah then asked the angel, How can I be sure of this? I'm an old man, and my wife is well along in years. Scholars tell us that now they're between 60 and 70 years old. The angel said to him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. I have been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and will not be able to speak until this happens. Because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their appointed time. I want to talk to you today on shut your mouth and listen. Come on, somebody look at the person on your right and say, you got to shut your mouth. Look on your left and say, and you got to listen. Come on, I know that sounds abrupt, but we're going to get there, all right? I could have said shut up, but I said shut your mouth, all right? But I want to look at this today. Number one, get your notes out. There's the promise. How many's ready for a promise from God in 2020? Come on, how many's ready to dream again? In verse 13, it says, Your prayer has been heard, Zechariah. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son. And you are to call him John. Now there's some things involved in this promise because this was a promise that Zechariah had believed God for way before he was even married because in the Jewish culture, even today, every Jewish, especially a priest like Zechariah, their prayer is for a son because their desire is to pass the priesthood down to their heir and to the next generation. But there was a problem in Zechariah's household, because Elizabeth 
even as a young woman, was barren. She was told physically she could not bear a son. But Zechariah prayed, and he asked God to go above medical science and go above what the natural body said, and he wanted a son. And so for all of these years, Zechariah has prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and believed God. And then all of a sudden, now he's somewhere between 60 and 70. He and Elizabeth, and out of nowhere, an angel shows up at the altar of incense, which is, by the way, a place of worship. And can I tell you, most of your supernatural interventions of God are not going to be found in your club. They're not going to be found outside of worship. They're going to be found in a time of seeking out the face of God. And all of a sudden, an angel shows up and says, Zechariah, that prayer that you've been praying, God's about to answer it. Your wife Elizabeth, she's about to have a son. And you're going to name him John. Now, I don't know about you, but if an angel showed up, I'm 61. If an angel showed up at my house today and said, Hey, Dan, that wife of yours, Kathy, she's about to have a son. We're going to point number two, and that's called the problem. <laughs> Anybody over 60 agree with me right now? Some of you under 30 are going, Lord, help me, all right? But then comes the problem. There's the promise. But I'm going to go ahead and prepare you because every promise has to face a problem before you can get to the fulfillment. It never comes easy. Come on, somebody help me in here. The problem. We see the problem in verse 18. Zechariah asked the angel, how can I be sure of this? I'm an old man. And my wife, she's getting pretty old too. He's old in years. As I said, you see, Elizabeth isn't just old. She's also barren. She's barren and old. And can I go ahead and tell you, old means barren. She's got hurdles that are all thrown into the face of her and Zechariah now. Not only that, but Zechariah, he's old too. Both have passed the, the childbearing producing years in their physical body medical science is now telling them it's no longer possible but Zechariah he had prayed he prayed for years he prayed before he found Elizabeth father the day that I find that right woman I I believe in you for my son my son that I will pass down the priesthood to and and once he married Elizabeth it was a daily prayer of Zechariah can you imagine how it must have affected them when they were told your wife is barren she cannot produce a child but yet Zechariah continued to pray and to believe God for his breakthrough the Bible says the effectual fervent prayer the effectual fervent prayer the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man will avail much can I tell you we live in a generation today of instant gratification but there's a generation that preceded us that knew how to pray through when nothing happened they didn't pray one time and when the answer didn't come say well God didn't hear me or God doesn't care no there was a generation that preceded us that when God made a promise they held on and prayed and prayed and prayed 
and prayed. And can I say to some of you today, you need to get back on your face before God. And if God gave you a dream, He gave you a promise, uh, and a problem has showed up in your path, that's not the time to throw in the towel. It's the time to get back to that Word that God gave you uh, and begin to seek the face of God again. Uh, that God, I'm not going to let go until you bless me. I'm not going to stop praying until it comes through. I'm going to pray until I see you move on my behalf, God. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man still avails much in the kingdom. You need to quit looking for your answer in somebody else's mailbox. Start getting to your own mailbox and get on our knees and seek the face of God. And watch God come and do something supernatural in our lives. There's a problem. There's always a problem that's connected to every promise. You see, my question today is, what do you do when the promise of your dream doesn't seem to fit into your current situation in life? I, I know the promise, Dan. I know what God has told me, but the circumstances of my life don't line up with what God is saying He's going to do when God promised you abundance and now you find yourself without. God gave you a dream of a business and everything around you now says it won't work. When you dreamed of a happy family to find yourself in a marriage in trouble and kids all acting crazy. When you dreamed of a house full of children and now you mourn the loss of your child. Can I tell you today, dreams are not exempt from problems, setbacks, disappointments, and even failures. But all the above do not have the power to kill the dream. Only your words do. Let me say that again. All the above does not have the power to kill your dream. Only your words do. Let's start being careful of what we're allowing out of our mouth because our words have the power to give life and to give death. Look at your neighbor and say, I need to shut up and listen. You see, and then we come to number three. And that's the prevention. There's the promise. Promises always come with problems. But it's what we do in the midst of the problem that determines how God is going to respond to us. Our words are either going to give life to the dream or they're going to kill the dream. And there was a prevention for Zechariah because remember Zechariah, he, he, he came to the angel and said, whoa, 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 God could have done this years ago, but it's too late now. The same man that was praying the morning before for a son, the day the promise comes, his words become words of doubt and unbelief. His faith is not matching the dream. And all of a sudden, God has to do something to prevent the dream from dying. Here we see it in verse 20. And now you will be silent, Zechariah, and not able to speak until the day that this happens, because you did not believe my words, which will come at their appointed time. Look at what happens. All of a sudden, here's Zechariah. God's saying through the angel, you're going to have a baby. It's going to be a boy. And you're going to name him John. Problem. Uh, that can't happen now. 
myself, my wife, we're too old. And here's what God does to prevent the dream from being killed. God speaks through Gabriel and says, I'm going to shut your mouth. Zechariah, you don't know how many times that God has already showed up to try to put a baby in your wife's womb and your words have killed the dream. You don't know how many times he's already wanted to do this, but you let negativity stop it from happening. But this time, God's not going to let you say another negative word. I'm going to shut your mouth and you're going to listen this time, and the baby's coming forth, and you're going to name him John. And here's what we said in the middle of those scriptures that I gave you at the beginning, when the angel told him, you're going to have a son, you're going to name him John, here's what he said. He's going to be filled with the Holy Spirit in the womb of Elizabeth before he's born. He's going to be a world changer, Zechariah, and he's going to bring thousands of the Jewish people back to their God. He's coming forth this time. I have a purpose. And you're not going to kill the dream. And he said, for that, I'm going to shut your mouth. And for nine months, you're not going to be able to talk. Zechariah went from, it can't happen, won't happen, I'm too old, my wife's too old, she's barren, to, God said, you know what? I'm not going to let you kill it this time. Some of you are asking, what in the world is going on in my life? Why all this confusion and craziness? God's trying to shut your world down for a minute to get you to stop and pay attention and stop all the negativity, stop all the negative words, and begin to declare that no weapon formed against me can prosper. My weapons aren't carnal, but they're mighty in God for the pulling down of every stronghold. Greater is he that's within me than he that's in the world. I can do all things through Christ Jesus that strengthens me. His grace is sufficient for me. His strength is made perfect in my weakness. I'm going to watch God show up in 2020. I'm going to dream like I've never dreamed before. I'm going to believe like I've never believed before. I'm going to watch like I've never watched before. I'm going to see God do things in my life in 2020 that I never dreamed was even possible. But you got to let God shut your mouth. Stop killing what God's trying to bring to life into your spirit. You see, some of us today, we've got to do that. We've got to stop, stop, stop talking all this negativity. Stop telling yourself what you cannot do. Stop telling yourself what you cannot be. Stop telling yourself what you can't have. Stop telling yourself where you can't go. Stop this whole thing of, it's too late, it's too late, it can't happen. Stop declaring what the doctor said and start declaring what the Word of God says over your body. Stop declaring that you're a victim and start living like the victor that God has called and created you to be. Stop all the negativity and start declaring that if God gave it to me, if God spoke this dream into my life, if God birthed it into my spirit, I may have put it over here and closed a coffin on it, but I'm opening that coffin, I'm getting that dream back out, and I'm going to believe God that the very thing that He told me is going to happen is still going to happen. In Jesus' name. That we become that person that is totally consumed with belief instead of negativity. Look at the power of words. Look at Joseph. Let's go back to Joseph. Let's bring him back in the picture. Remember when Joseph was in the prison? He's gone from the pit. He's now sold in slavery. He's in Potiphar's house. He finds favor. He's now put in third in charge. He's falsely accused of rape from Potiphar's wife. Now he's thrown into prison with the butler and the baker. 
They have dreams and they ask him to interpret and he interprets. He tells the baker, you and your sons are going to die and they did. And then he told the butler that you're going to live and the blessing favor of God's going to be on your life. And here's what Joseph did. He opened his mouth when he should have kept it shut. And he said, go tell Potiphar, when you get out of here, go tell Potiphar that I don't belong here. I'm innocent. Now, I've done jail ministry for years, and I haven't met a person yet that wasn't innocent. <laughs> they thought. And here, here's Joseph. He's saying, go tell him I don't belong here. I didn't rape his wife. Go tell him that, that I, I'm innocent. I don't belong here. And here's the thing. Part of Joseph's dream, if you remember, was that his brothers were going to come and, and bow down to him and he's now going to be over them and he has the power and the authority to bless or curse them and God in that dream was setting Joseph up to be a blessing to his brothers but when Joseph spoke with a victim mentality I don't belong here I've been falsely accused. He played the role of a victim. God knew that victims make victims out of everybody around them. And he knew at that point if he let Joseph out, Joseph would not bless his brothers. He would curse them and bring wrath on them for what they did to him. And so God said, two more years, Joseph. And he left him in prison for two more years because he had to get his mouth straight. So that when he came out and God orchestrated the whole picture, the dream came to fulfillment when Joseph's brothers came to Egypt for food. And the Bible said that Joseph had to turn his face to hide the tears as he moved with emotion to show grace and mercy upon his brothers. The dream came to pass. But God had to put Joseph in a place to prevent him from stopping the dream by shutting his mouth and changing his attitude in his heart. Can I say, God, in 2020, help us to shut our mouth. Come on, somebody. And change my heart. Change my mind. Change my belief. Change my attitude. And put me in a position, Father, where I'll begin to see and believe that the miracle, the promise, the dream is coming to pass. And that leads us to number four, the prize. Watch this. In verse 13, your wife, Elizabeth, she's going to bear you a son. And you're going to call his name John. Zachariah again goes, but I, I don't see how this is going to work. And all of a sudden, he didn't do it the first time, the angel. When he first spoke to Zechariah, he didn't mention his name. But when Zechariah came with doubt, he stands up and bows his chest out. And he says, Zechariah, I am Gabriel. I'm Gabriel. I'm an angel from God. And an angel is a messenger. They're ministering spirits that God has assigned to minister to the saints upon the earth. They're messengers directly from God to mankind. And Gabriel bowed his chest out and said, Oh, you man of little faith. He said, I am Gabriel. And I have come to you as a messenger from God, directly from God. I have not come to speak of myself. I've not come to speak of my thoughts or my opinion. I am bringing you a word directly from God Himself that you are going to have a son through your wife, Elizabeth, and you will name him John. John. Oh, that goes against culture. That goes against tradition because the priests... In those days, in the culture would pass their name down to their son. 
who was going to take over the priesthood. So Zechariah's son supposed to be Zechariah Jr. John. If you go on in Scripture, you'll find that outside the temple, when the word got out that he's having a baby and he's going to name him John. John. They begin to gather around Zechariah. John. Why John? There's nobody in your lineage named John. There, there, there's no one there named John. You don't have a grandfather, great-grandfather named John. There's no uncles named John. There's no nephews named John. John, and what God was telling Zechariah is I'm getting ready to do something in your lineage that's never been done before. We're breaking tradition. We're breaking the norm. And I'm getting ready to start something brand new in your lineage, Zechariah. It hasn't been seen before, but it's brand new. I'm starting a new era, a new season. Can I speak a word to some of you here today? I want to challenge you right now because God spoke this to me when I was driving here this morning. It wasn't in my notes. But I want to say to you today, the God in heaven, I'm no angel, but I'm a messenger today, that God is going to destroy the generation curses that hang over some of you in this building today the curse of alcoholism the curse of drug addiction the Holy Spirit is destroying that over your life and it'll never touch your children and your grandchildren in Jesus name the curse of poverty that some of you have lived under a curse of poverty no matter how hard you try to break it how hard you would work that spirit of poverty has held you in bondage but I declare today the spirit of poverty is destroyed in this house uh, Jesus said I have not come to harm you but I have come to bless you I have come to prosper you I have come to give you good things come on somebody receive that in this house this morning the curse of abuse and misuse and shame because of something that was done to you outside of your desire that made you feel low class and wounded and ugly and defeated all of your life. I pray the Holy Spirit lift that cloud off of you today and you will say, Father, in 2020, it's a brand new season. There's a brand new lineage starting in my life today. The old is gone. The new is here. And I'm challenging you today to stop allowing the old to dictate what your mouth is speaking to the new. I want to challenge you. Shut off the old. Let God lift it off of your life and declare today's a brand new day. This is the day that God has made. I'm going to rejoice. I'm going to be glad in it. And I'm declaring the favor, the blessing, the newness, the dream, the vision, the promise of God in my life. In Jesus' name. My nephew said he's here. I'm trying to find him, but I can't see nothing. Is he here? Where? Are you up there? Stand up, Shane. The Holy Spirit, I, I shared this with my son in the first service, but his grandfather, my dad, died of a brain disease called primary progressive aphasia. His father, my brother, died of the same disease. My dad died in 2011. My brother died in 2016. He went from a 240-pound athlete to a skeleton in his bed. And while we were in Gainesville, the doctor looked at me when they walked out and he said, it's hereditary. The disease is in your bloodline. You just don't know it yet. And I said, I denounce that word and I refuse to allow that word in my spirit in Jesus' name. And early this morning, about 2.30, Shane, I woke up and the Holy Spirit was all over me. And that's why I've been calling you saying, are you going to be here today? Because the Holy Spirit told me to tell you and I've already told Brad, that disease will never touch your body. 
It'll never touch your bloodline. You go to bed at night in peace. It's over. It's over. It's done. It's done. It's done. It'll never touch you in Jesus' name. And I want to say to this to you tonight. If you're in this building right now, and there's a generational thing that the enemy's constantly used against you, telling you that it's going to be on you, poverty, addiction, abuse, whatever it is, but there's an area of your life that you need God to destroy today and say 2020 is a brand new year, I want you to stand up right where you sit. We don't normally do this, but I want you to stand up. It's like, Father, I'm hearing your word today. I'm hearing your promise today. This area will not control me. It will not be a part of me. It will not go to my children. It will not go to my grandchildren. But I'm letting you lift off that curse, God. I believe in you today, Father. The promise is mine. Come on, somebody. It's mine. Father, I pray over this crowd right now. I pray over this body. I pray against every bondage, every lie, every hurt, every wound, every addiction. God, I pray right now, God, over every curse that the enemy has taken from one generation to the next. God, it is over. It is over. Come on, say it with me. It is over in Jesus' name. It is over in Jesus' name. Say it with me. The old is gone and the new is here. Come on, the old is gone. And the new is here in Jesus' name. This is my year to dream again, to believe again in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's give a shout of praise to God in the house this morning. Come on. Come on. How many believes that? Come on. Receive that in Jesus' name. Receive it in Jesus' name. You can be seated. Here's what I want to share with you in Habakkuk chapter 2. Verse 2 and 3. What what do I do now? The Lord answered me and said, Write the vision. Make it plain on tablets. I challenge some of you. When you get in this dream, start writing it down. I told Nick over here, I said, Man, I was standing out there. The Holy Spirit spoke to me. And and I said, Nick, you're fixing to write worship songs, man. I said, Get your recorder. Get you a notepad. These thoughts start hitting you. You start writing them down because worship's fixing to be birthed in you for the body of Christ. And I want to challenge some of you. you I'm going to challenge all of you. Get something where you can write it down. You can record it. He said, write, write it down. Make it plain that he who runs, who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. For nine months... Zechariah woke up every morning. Because mm, 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 mm. mm, mm. God said, I'm not giving you one day, one day to stop what I'm wanting to do in your life. Can I challenge us today? Let's don't make God mute us. Let's don't make God shut our mouth. But let's wake up every day saying, Father, I declare the blessing and the favor of God upon my life. I declare that I'm blessed and highly favored. I declare that I'm the head, I'm not the tail. I'm the winner, not the loser. I'm the victor, not the victim. And in Jesus' name, I declare a blessing, prosperity over my life, over my family, over my children, my grandchildren, over my church family, over my community, over my nation. I declare, let our words begin to declare the vision and the dream is coming to pass. Though it may tarry, and it will, it will happen if you and I continue to speak it and declare it forth in Jesus' name. Amen. How many receive God's word today? You receive it? Bow your heads with me, if you will. If you're in this room right now and you say, Pastor Dan, I came today or somebody invited me. and However you got here, you're here. And we, you're an answer to our prayer because we've been praying for you that God would bring you. 
because you're in a safe place. But maybe you're here right now and you say, Pastor, I, I know about God, but right now I know I'm not where I need to be with God. I, spiritually, I've allowed things to happen and I'm just not right where I need to be with God. And I feel safe in here today and I feel His presence. And I just want God to have everything about me. I want God to own me today. I want to give my life to Him. And I just want you to pray with me. I'm not going to point you out. I'm not going to embarrass you. But with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here right now and you say, Pastor Dan, pray for me. I need God in my life. I'm, I'm not there right now, but I need Him. Would you just slip a hand up and you can put it right back down. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. I need Jesus. I need Him today in my life. Anyone else? Very quickly. Very quickly. God bless you in the back. If you raise your hand or you did not, would you pray this prayer with me? Say, Dear Jesus, I come to you now. You said in your word, if I would just come to you as I am, confess with my mouth that you are Lord. Believe in my heart that you raised from the dead. I can be saved. Right now, I come, I confess, I believe, and now I receive you as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Come on, will you join me and let's celebrate for these that are praying? Amen. Thank you so much for listening today. To make sure you never miss a message, be sure to subscribe to our channel. It would also mean so much to us if you would leave us a review. For more information about our church or to contact us, please feel free to visit our website at transformationchurch.com. And if you want to connect with us on Instagram and Facebook, just search at Transformation Pensacola. Join us next time for another message from one of our pastors as we see people transform from who they are to who God wants them to be.